the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The Answer broadcast live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery, 1604 and Bulverde Road, where we encourage you to come on by and visit us today. It's a great day to, to be out there. There's no sun. It feels nice out there. There's a little bit of breeze, so you can... Uh, you can uh, really enjoy the the day, and the uh, I think the uh, the colors look more colorful when there's no sun. Isn't that weird? They're more vibrant. Yeah, they 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 or, they they, or pop, they stand out better. They stand out a little better. So, and Tracy, they, and they got a couple of hours before the rain's supposed to hit. Too. Yeah, I don't. I'll have to find. I'll yeah, you need that that rain calculator thing that you do. Oh yeah, that's which is never right, but it's a government site, so I'm not going to pick on the government. But. I don't know. I mean, you were pretty accurate. I, I remember you saying it's going to be here in 30 seconds one time, and, and <laughs> believe right? it or not, it was here in 30 wow. seconds. Wow, I'm I'm pretty good. All right, I'll go to weather.gov and see what I can find out about it. But um, and next week's going to be a bunch of rain. They say. So they say. 70 yeah. percent. Wow. Tuesday and Wednesday. Are you hearing everything? You should be. Okay, Uh-oh. I'm not sure why. Oh, there, I'm in. You're in. Okay, well, stay in. Now that, now that you're in, stay in. There you go. Yeah, just put your hand up like that. No, a little bit more to the left. There you go. Okay, now just move your head. There, how's it now? It's right. It's working now. It's okay. Well, holding this. Tight, just tighten this up. Tighten the thing. I'll, I'll fix it. Y'all talk. Uh I guess what I got this week. Looks like uh, a newsletter. And my newsletter, uh, so, Millburger newsletter. So why don't you get it online? This is from May. Why don't you get it online? What? You couldn't have, you should have got that a while back. I like to read about it. <laughs> I like the online version better because yeah, it's, it's in color. color. Yeah, it's in yeah, color. And you can get that by... Uh, they can go to the website. Go to the website and get or it. Or they can come in here and get one of those hard copies and put their information. There's a little doodad on the back sheet where they can write their name and all that on there. And they can sign up for it to either be mailed or, again, my preference is the color picture of yeah. the email. That, that uh, on the May issue, which I'm looking at, they've got a beautiful picture of uh, Hardy Hibiscus. Yeah, perennial hibiscus. Yeah, and, uh, isn't, how does it look? What color? Yeah. What color is it? Blue. Kind of a whitish. No, it's blue. Is it okay? You see it as blue. <laughs> I was trying to enforce that, Trace's that, point. Uh, these guys, uh, these guys that, got a good imagination, don't they? They do. Very vivid. That almost looks like a uh, blue, uh, blue angel. Kind of does. 
And uh, but it that's could pretty. be because of that. It could be a white angel too. <laughs> well, no, it'd be whiter. It's blue. <laughs> but that's a good hibiscus, whatever it is. Uh, uh, speaking of hibiscus, have you found any? Uh, 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 Flare? No, I haven't found any of the perennial hibiscuses yet, and, I, oh, sold, and oh. I sold out of the Altheas. Yeah, but you know that plant likes it hot. And yeah, we can't seem to get more than a couple of days of hot in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems the well, the ones in the ground that you've cut back to the ground, uh, they're beginning to send up uh, big shoots of sprouts. Right, and. Uh, the ideal time to take cuttings, if you want to root them, is now. Is when oh, is that right? first pride comes up, and uh, it also helps the uh, hibiscus because when you take a cutting off, of it, like four, four or five inch cutting off of it, and you root it just like you would roses, uh, uh, with the root uh, that uh, all that information is on plantanswers.com. dot com. I think there are even Milton's articles in there. Yeah. About roses and rooting roses, so you can root perennial hibiscus like that too. But uh Now is the patent uh, is the patent still up on those uh like flare and No. Okay. The patent's been gone forever. Just check it. Okay. <laughs> no, uh the patent is uh you know that those were put out by uh Doctor McFadden, my friend from Tennessee. And he's passed away now, but uh, there, there were he always he he, he that, produced he, he uh, <laughs> I wonder if he's got any friends that are alive. No, uh, I, I wonder that too sometimes. Uh, Calvin, you're sitting at this desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting my shots in while I get a chance here. <laughs> the uh, but anyway, he bred those uh, hibiscus uh, when he was in Florida as a professor down there and they brought them to Tennessee and that's where I picked them up brought them to Texas but anyway uh, I think perennial hibiscus will be like you say showing up in maybe a month or so that's my hope but we gotta gotta get some consistent warmer weather Oh yeah. not not that I want it but certain plants need it so that (laughs) and uh, like the Cecilpina pulcherum um Mexican bird of paradise. Yeah, it's, it's it won't grow. The growing operations grow by seed, right? And it's not going to even sprout till it gets warm, right? And uh, that's why I was going to bring them in from Arizona for I, uh, I promotion. Tried, I, I tried on my last uh, shipment of stuff from there, and they didn't have them ready yet. Is that I, right? I said even if they're six inches tall, I'll take them. <laughs> I, I was talking to uh, the breeder, the plant breeder out there at uh, Mountain. Mountain States Nursery, I think. But uh, <laughs> uh, when I mentioned uh, this uh, Proud of Barbados uh, uh, remedy to uh, to miss to prevent us from missing the early season, early gardening season, and uh, he said, "Why in the hell would you want to grow that?" I said, it's, people are buying it like crazy. People love it in San Antonio. He said, we've had it so long in Phoenix, people are sick of it. 
uh, because it, it warms up fast. Out, well, it heats up fast out there. And uh, everybody loved it out there when it first came on the market. And now uh, they I don't think, sell it. I think Nandino much. went through that for a while. Yeah. yeah. Some other, some plants, other plants, too. Well, we don't remember it, but uh, uh, Mr. George Wetzler, uh, the, I guess, the owner and manager of Wolf Nursery, years ago when we were talking about firebush, he said, you know, that plant was on the market uh, in the 30s or 40s or somewhere, way back there. And it was so popular, people quit planting. Huh. Hmm. So that happens. <laughs> Why? And he was, he, uh, well, when everybody's got it in their yard. They get bored with it? Or? <laughs> yeah, get bored with okay. it. Okay. But uh, that's a big, bit of history that... Uh, I love all the little timers like Fanix and Mr. Wetzler and all the others that can give you some of the history of these things. Yeah, when I first came to the to the city and to the job of horticulturist, I spent a lot of time riding next to the those owners, like oh yeah, Mr. F- Senior Mr. Fanix. Yeah, and then Jerry <laughs> Jerry uh, was so. Uh, uh, doing such a good job with me, he in- introduced me to George Wexler. Uh. Yeah, and, 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 and he, rec- he introduced me as the person that was promoting, uh, I don't even remember which planet it was, but the the one that nobody had. That nobody yeah. had. Oh. Could it possibly uh, have I'm been? I'm pretty sure that didn't go over too well for you. Oh, uh. no. I mean, you don't I think that it. was perhaps on purpose, do you? <laughs> that he uh, kind of... Promoted the fact that Calvin wasn't promoted was promoting something. Uh-huh. Didn't and then he, uh, I, no, I was a speaker at the more mad than that. Yeah. <laughs> speaker at the men's garden club too, and uh, we were promoting. Uh, oh gosh, one uh, Chinese pistachio. What about the mowing? Was it was uh, we were promoting? Oh, Uh-oh. yeah, we were trying to get people to mow uh, when you're. Fifty percent of the foliage was there, mm-hmm. and so that means you might have to mow more than once a week. And uh, Jerry says, "Nah, they won't. They won't complain. You just tell them it's good exercise." No. <laughs> so that was the that was the one time I took Jerry's advice. Oh, oh. how's that and, working for you? Uh, there was there were just these steely yards. <laughs> there, I swear there was about seven ex generals in the. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, get, get those old people off their off the couches. And, but there uh, were enough. Yeah. There were enough of them that knew you <laughs> and the generals, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> decided to save me. So they started laughing. So uh, it turned out pretty well. Okay, we uh, changed the subject. Now where are we? Huh? The uh, the rain is good for everything. I mean, it uh, people are enjoying the rain. It's supposed to be more coming. But the bad news is, if you hadn't harvested your blue bonnet seed, you've lost them. They probably popped already and on the ground. What but, is that that well, Milton says? So then God planted yeah, them. Kiss them goodbye. Yeah. No, but you're not really kissing them goodbye. You just didn't harvest them, so they'll come back. God planted them. There you Boy, go. Hey, there you go. How was, how was the crop? It wasn't, wasn't much of a blue bonnet crop? Well... It was where we planted them. Right. Uh, Dr. Stein got them this week. But the Coreopsis and the uh, 
poppies, larkspur, larkspurs, uh, <laughs> and my boot, uh, boot curl. Oh, uh, all that, the rest of the doing well. Oh, an Indian blanket is really going well too. Yeah. So that this, every year it seems like there's something that uh, prospers. Oh yeah. Milton, what do they say when you go to Hawaii? Aloha. What do they say when you leave Hawaii? Aloha. So that's the blue bonnets. There you go. Okay. Well, we're getting to the point that we may have to say aloha to the to the maroon. No. What? Yeah, I talked to. uh, We've lost about three or four crops in a row. Hmm. Uh, because of weather and dryness and everything else. But uh, this year, uh, Wild Seed, John Thomas, and them have planted several acres of trying to get the seed source back. And uh, uh, they had rogued them real good and weeded them real good, and, and they were full of seed, great crop. I got a call last week, this last week, from uh, the main guy that grows them at Wild Seed Farms, and he said that some moron helper got in and combined all of them, made hay out of them. Why? They put them in hay. So we lost all of that planting. What was this one? Maroon or red. Huh? Oh, oh, the the maroon or red? Yeah. Oh, the blue bonnets. I think it's about time to start really spending time on that orange. I think so too. Uh, I, I, um, now, what what are the chances that those plants are going to hang around for another year? Because I always heard blue bonnets were like a biennial. No. No. All right. No. I, I, I tried. Yeah. Uh, Columbine is a is a weak perennial. That's what it was described by. Oh, I say wild seed. When uh, uh, twenty years ago it was a seemed like there was a strong perennial, and then <laughs> the last ten years has been pretty tough on it. Yeah, but anyway, the uh, we have have enough seed that we harvested and between wild seed farm, and uh, we'll have enough to plant again this year. So check your refrigerator. Yeah, <laughs> bound to be some in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how their sources of blue are. Huh. Uh, I know they don't have any white, but uh, we've got. Luckily, for our grower here in town, we've got uh, supplies of all colors. I'm not going to grow white anymore. Why? <laughs> Why? That was when the, the nobody those, sold it. Yeah, nobody came up bought with it. it. Still had the early bloom on some of them. Yeah, I thought you. I thought it, didn't he say he was going to start cultivating the ones that bloomed early? Yeah, I thought I he said, did. You could, someone could. No, not me. Oh, I thought he said him. <laughs> so you should just assign someone else the white to do. There you go. Just, just uh, Doctor Stein delegate. Doctor Stein for you. Don't, you don't want to be a quitter, Jerry. Yeah. After thirty-eight <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> Why give up now? Yeah. Why give up now? You don't want to be known as that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, we could have had more of the whites, but Jerry said no. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's the way it turns out. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, the 
the different tomato varieties and the uh, <laughs> pepper varieties. And then when you say, here it is, I did the work. Uh, <laughs> and whoever yeah. was promoting it says, oh, yeah, that's nice. Thanks for doing uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe next year I'll do that. Speaking uh, of the work, uh, our tomatoes are, uh, are Ruby Crush. Oh, Ruby. Are ripening. They're they're red. We've got well, to pick I, some. I harvested and we we Billy, ate uh, BHN. you Billy hasn't picked any yet. We picked the nine sixty eights. Oh, have you? Okay. Oh yeah, they were wonderful. Oh. They, they were quite large and the taste yeah. was what we expected. Yeah, uh, Billy likes to send us pictures and brag and be uh. boastful. Oh, <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, actually, Billy sends us pictures and they're really nice and he's nice about it. But it's more fun to act like I'm offended by it. This is, uh, but do you have any Ruby Crush? Oh, you didn't get Ruby Crush in time. Oh, yeah, I got it a little, little bit late. But, okay. yeah, so mine is uh, a week away. Okay. But uh, all of the tomatoes, you know, the red snappers and the oh, typhoons okay. and celebrities, so all is of the them rain, are close. Is the rain going to help? Uh, now, the, the rain is not the factor. It's just uh, the wind more, and uh, traces sun and uh, uh well, I guess the, these temperatures are for tomatoes are pretty good. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. They'll set fruit, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the fruit is they're not changing colors, which is a good sign because they're going to get a bigger, bigger and bigger fruit. Uh, now, one thing, I'm 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 Mr. Negative today. No. Oh, what's new? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Rain on your uh, parade. Parade. Guy. Okay. The glass is half empty. If the tomatoes start getting ripe. Real right, and we keep having this rain. Some of them may split, mm. which people go flip out over. It's possible, but that just means you eat them if, faster. But remember, if your tomatoes split, that's a pre-cut. <laughs> so when you're peeling them so and you're saving cut, time, yeah, yeah, it's a pre-cut. Just don't let them rot. Don't let them start rotting. And it could be, it'll, and if you have a rod, it'll be different for each uh, selection. And each, oh yeah. So Jerry, each Jerry situation. shows me in that situation where he's the guy that bites into tomatoes. He's half of a worm. There you go. And just, what would he say to that? Don't what add as much bacon. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just <laughs> it's protein. Yeah, he's he's always big on the protein part. Those worms are full of protein. Because remember, that worm has been eating tomatoes or sweet corn or whatever all of its life. So theoretically, it should taste like the tomato or taste like the sweet corn that is eaten. How does that general that ex- explanation generally go over with people who have? Been, uh, <laughs> well, well, it makes you think about. All I can do is deliver the message. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm just curious. Even if you didn't re- didn't know you were eating them, you start thinking about. I wonder if I ate some. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trying to set up to see what the what the forecast is going to be here. Yeah, yeah the uh, like uh, I got a call from the Versus one time after I'd done a, a TV show on uh, the worm in the corn. Shows that the corn is has not not been sprayed uh, if there's a worm in it, and it is it's safe to eat because the worm's eating it and still alive. And uh, so I said, always check for the worm. Make sure you got a worm. And the farmer called, you moron. <laughs> How many now, calls a week do you get like that? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he said, now we have to have hope for wormy corn. No. People are <laughs> peeling back our ears and looking for a worm. Tracy used that same logic for our uh, milkweed. 
There when, you go. When it first, when the tropical milkweed first came out, he was uh, saying, "Well, as long as there's uh, aphids on there or uh, <laughs> other insects, then there there was not a uh, lingering toxicity from any her- herbs." There you go. That is true. Trace, anything you want to highlight this uh, this weekend? I still have the uh, petites. We still have petites. Hang on, let me oh, oh yeah, it's on the sale. sale. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and I got a few other roses in, not too many, but uh, a few, few knockouts, uh, regular ones. But these petites are fantastic. I mean, we got our first batch what two weeks ago, and they yeah. are still blooming their little heads off. Oh, it's great. Yeah, they're really pretty. Uh, only, maybe. only eighteen inches tall. So if you, if you can't uh, put a full size rose bush in, but you still want some roses, yeah, this is the one. They're cute. Well, the the things that I notice are the pentas and the uh, vincas, just the the good colors, the the reds and the whites. Uh, they're really showy, uh, and those two, lots of lots of plants to choose from. Too. Yeah, I saw the pentas uh, down below, and yeah, yeah. The, the white ones right here. Let's see. Pentas. Do you have any zinnias? Did you check the zinnia stock? Uh, the zinnias have been selling. <laughs> I got, uh, I got a bunch coming in two, okay, week, so two we're weeks. Two weeks are booked. Page. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to take a quick break. While we do, give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. Live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Uh, with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons, I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer. Real quick, I want to talk to you about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. I think one of the best things about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control is the approach they take. And I've heard so many people, homeowners and businesses, talk about the fact that they had another pest control company and they maybe had roaches or ants and they came and they treated and everybody was happy for two weeks until they came back and they called and they came back and they treated and two weeks later they were back and that's not the approach spider-man takes he's going to take a look at the holistic situation take a look at everything see what's going on how they getting in do you have something maybe that's attracting them um, that maybe you should make a change, and he's going to suggest that as well. So um, that's why, uh, and that's why they go with Spider-Man, and then that's why they stick with him because it solves the problem. Spider-Man termite and pest control for whatever pest you have. Mosquitoes are getting bad right now, so call and learn about the Into Care system that Spider-Man has. We'll get him on the air, and we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, but Spider-Man termite and pest control. Uh, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721, or GoSpiderManPest.com, GoSpiderManPest.com. Billy is on the line at 210-308-8867. What's going on, Billy? I heard my name well ago, so I, did, uh-huh. I, I, I so I sent you an email with a picture. Uh-oh. Are yours ripe and ready to go, too? Uh, a few. Okay, yeah, we picked off about five. I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> well, that's all, that's all right. No, my you're, my you're, my, do- my daughter asked how big they were, so 
I took a picture of one of the first ones with a ruler on it, and so you can see the size and the color and everything. Oh, good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up in just a second. How big? Let's see. Oh, and there they are. Okay, now my phone's got to find it. <laughs> oh yeah. So they're about an inch. Yours are prettier than mine are, Billy. Yours are a deeper red. Okay. Well, I love when uh, we let ripen in the house a little bit. I picked it when it was kind of a pink. It's cheating. Yeah, it mine, cheating. mine are a bit rounder, too. Well, so I it's interesting. Like, I kind of like the size of that one. Yeah. I bet it's good. I haven't you tasted just, it yet, but I'm going to pretty quick. Okay. So give us a report after the tasting. Oh, okay, And if you I don't like it. If you don't like the taste of it, Billy, pick them all and bring them up here. Yeah, That's I fun. remember you saying something about a taste test one time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we have a bunch. There are several hundred of them on the vines, so we'll, we'll see okay. how they go. Great. It's going to work. Okay. That, that's all I wanted. Thank you. Okay. okay. Thanks for calling. Hey, in. Billy. We were, we, were, we were giving you a hard time but being complimentary at the same time. We like we like seeing your pictures. All right, that's the way they are, Billy. Yeah, of course you've dealt with them for a lot of years. So Kim know. is on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hi there, Kim. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Good. Good. Awesome. I have a couple questions about my lemon tree. I've been listening to you guys. And all of the influx of calls about um, what, how long to wait after the freeze uh, to either rescue or salvage fatalities. And I have about a 10-foot tall, probably about a 15-year-old lemon tree. And I'm not sure if it's a ponderosa or a mire, but the lemons are huge. They're more like orange size, and they're very, very juicy. And it's my prized possession. Um, so took a really, really hard hit, and there's a little bit of foliage coming out above the grass, just small little tidbits here and there. And I wasn't sure if I need to start pruning that or if I need to wait longer on it. I'd wait longer. Uh, it sounds like a mire. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The orange, the orange size is what my, my mire is. Through. I'm with you. That's one of my favorite uh, plants in the whole landscape. Uh, yes. And it surprised me they got hit hard i thought they were done for <laughs> uh but i both of mine now have uh appears healthy foliage that just uh, just uh sprouting just a, a bit above uh ground level six or eight inches mm-hmm. and uh it's really started to grow fast now so i would i would give it a little more time i'm trying to i don't I think they are on their own rootstock, aren't they, Jerry? Those uh, lemons. Yeah, lemons. Mine appear to be, but, but I, of course I don't know. I don't have to put up. I didn't have to make any decision because they're. they're I always sprouts. said they were, but uh, I don't know. With the popularity of lemons, they may have started grafting. But hers is uh, pretty old. Oh, is it? Yeah. Then yeah. I imagine they're on their own rootstock. Yeah. What? And once it kicks in, you should get a pretty good gra- uh, growth rate. The, the other thing oh. I'll uh, alert you to, though, 
is uh, both Jerry and I have seen this. Uh, ah, good, we've got growth on our plants, or lemons, or our limes, or mm-hmm. satsumas, and uh-huh. then the hot weather starts, mm-hmm. and there and there's partial damage, you know, between the roots and the on the vascular system or something. So you get a not all of those sprouts uh, survive. So, but it sounds like you've got a, a enough of them that it, you're going to have a yeah. a good result. Be uh, in case we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have a sprout from the very base of your plant, and it grows extremely fast, and it's got thorns on it, then that's roots. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, be careful. Watch for the watch for those thorns, and cut that plant back all the way to the base. Especially when you've okay. got a choice. Sounds yeah. like you got right. Some yeah. Good start starts. And the one the ones that are sprouting from the st- uh, uh, trunk should have smaller leaves. They yes, grow they fast. are small. But I'm talking about the one, the ones that come from rootstock. If there is a rootstock, will be fast growing. I'm talking about big time fast growing. Oh, uh, okay. I've I've got a <laughs> I've got a dilemma with all my citrus satsuma trees because uh, they're dead big time on the top, but each one yep. of them have a fast growing shoot. I'm talking about since the freeze, they've grown. Uh, Eight feet. Oh wow! Feet. Yeah, uh, but no wow. thorn. Huh. So I I don't know what that is. Well, I don't know whether that's sour orange. Uh, my or my article next Saturday refers to that kind of a situation. Yeah. You know, if it's a if it's a trifoliate rootstock, it's easy to identify. But there's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Some some rootstocks that you kind of suspect they're rootstocks, <laughs> but there's no obvious other than that fast growth rate. So yeah, that extreme fast growth rate is not a good sign. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, Dr. I bet. Stein, I'm going to let Dr. Stein take a look at them. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting, both of my... Now you can, we can blame Larry, yeah, yeah, both of my satsumas have that fast huh. growth one huh. stem. Both okay. of my uh, Sito and uh, Okitsi. No, Kitsu is a bigger tree. Two, two of my uh, satsumas who, uh, that I have had three, and two of them now have started to, to sprout. I was really surprised the heck out of me because I thought they were done for. From the upper limbs? No, no not from the upper, but the, above the grass. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least one of, them is the, is the, uh, oh, one of Mr. Moy's. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, orange, fr- orange frost and uh, uh, Arctic frost. So Is it it's time still, to fertilize still an interesting story. Yeah. Do what? What's that? Is it time? Should we? Should I f- try to fertilize the tree to get more growth going, or just leave it? I wouldn't. Yeah. But I think you can. At least I went ahead and uh, pruned some of that dead wood off. Oh yeah. Above the oh. above the sprouts. Okay. Because that dead well, wood is not going to grow much fruit. And then, then if you do have uh, new good wood growing, and it starts a fast growth rate, 
it just gets to be a hassle if you're trying to yeah the, trying to get that, that dead, dead stuff out, out. yeah oh that's true okay that's a really good tip well i hope it comes back for you keep us in me form. too okay i'll do <laughs> it thanks for your help i appreciate it okay you bet thanks for Bye-bye. calling okay. that'll free up a All line right. at 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 and Outside of San Antonio, maybe, say, Johnson City. Oh, no. Are we able to take calls from Johnson City? I don't think so. We blocked those Yeah, calls. I think that we, we're having some technical difficulties. I don't think anybody from Johnson City can call in. Uh-uh. Yeah. All because of one guy. He ruined it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody uh, north of here. <laughs> all right. 210-308-8867. 210 210- 308-8867. i tell you what, we'll take a quick break while we got a chance, and then we'll get to more calls after this right here on Millburgers Garden. What's that? Johnson City Joe? What's that? Are you just ignoring Joe? We, well, what can we do? We have no choice. This is a technical matter. It's the phone lines. I mean, oh. It's not, we didn't decide this. It's oh. just, yeah, it's just something technical. It just blocked out. Now, if he goes outside of the city limits, he might be able to call in. Oh. I don't know. Okay, I get it. I so maybe Joe will call <laughs> You're us. You're in te- charge of that technical answer. I'm trying so hard, Joe. I really, I don't know. 210-308-8867. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. What's that? That breaking news, the rutabaga? I was trying to figure out uh, who was uh, that's feeding that old recording. That's yes, an that, old-timey recording. That's uh, Les Nessman reporting from WKRP. That, uh, uh. <laughs> that, uh, we were watching old episodes, and, of course, he was the uh, winner of the uh, Buckeye Newshawk Award for his coverage of uh, agricultural issues and stuff. And so his, uh, I forget how many part series on Rutabaga, The Vanishing Vegetable, I don't know if I have all the series. I don't think he was allowed to do it. The station kind of frowned upon it, but it is interesting. They were talking about rutabagas even as early as the early 80s. They figured it out then, huh? that early. What's that? They figured it out even I'm, that it's early. It's sad, yeah. And now we're in the 21st century, and how is the rutabaga well, treated? They, With disdain. They lived Poor on rutabaga. rutabaga back several hundred years ago. Oh, okay. Before the bat- potatoes. And they figured out that was a way to mm-hmm. punish the prisoners. No, is feeding rutabaga. I see. All right. You didn't gain. You didn't gain a lot of weight if you ate rutabaga. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I wonder if it's a low glycemic vegetable. I don't know, but it's a <laughs> I'll look relatively it low calorie. Okay. Not a, not as big a starch producer as potatoes. So I will see if I can find the rest of the report. Rutabaga. The vanishing vegetable. Yeah, yeah, that seems like an important task. Uh huh. Thank you. I agree. All right. uh, Talking a little bit about Wild Birds Unlimited. We're going to reach out to them too, but not today uh, because they're busy. So, uh, but uh, what's happening in the world of birding? Uh, I I know we talked about hummingbirds. I'm guessing that that things are are sprouting, so there's more activity in the yard. Or oh yeah, yeah. We got uh, a lot of action with the. Uh, the weather and the rain, especially. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, we're up to the, uh, the aquifers up to the average level for this time of the year. The rain for the year is up to the average level. And it's a remarkable how little time it takes everything catch up. 
and it even started because we had some rain before, so uh, a lot of the things uh, are blooming. Uh, you know, I was just I was thinking of the the stimula stimulation from the rain and yeah. in, in our rain lilies. It was just oh, I wonder if we get some more. And you know, I did announce last week. I'm just saying that the Sinisa were in bloom again. So and now look what's happening. Yeah, and that's amazing. I don't know how they know, and Bart, but they seem to. He's ignoring Bart that, by the way. suggested that I take uh, some photos of my, when, when we looked at them, I guess, at the, of the rain lilies, those white rain lilies. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they were pretty spectacular. I can't remember who was listener that called in that he didn't want them in her uh, Wanted us to lawn. figure out how to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> well, the cool part about Wild Birds Unlimited at Hebner and Northwest Military is that you can develop a relationship with them very easily and they can help you through really any situation whether it's good weather whether it's bad weather they'll show you how to turn that bad weather into an opportunity uh, to bring nature to your yard uh, and if it's good weather they'll tell you how to how to take advantage of that too or if you're having trouble with something maybe something's not you, know, you have an idea you want to do something and you try it on the, your own wild birds unlimited uh, they, they promote themselves and i think this is really accurate as problem solvers so you come in, tell them what you're, what you're trying to do, and they'll help you solve that problem and do it. Wild Birds Unlimited, uh, Northwest Military and Hebner Road, great folks. You'll love dealing with them, and you'll meet people over there. I mean, you'll start friendships over there with people who have visited there for over a decade because um, they, they absolutely love it. Wild Birds Unlimited, Northwest Military and Hebner, 210-479-BIRD. 210-479-B. Jerry, I hear Milton spends a lot of time over there. Yeah. Making friends. So they got the they got these wonderful coffee breaks, and so he <laughs> likes to go over there. Have I they, just, have I they just still managed got... to call around that time. <laughs> have they still got those sparrow houses over there? You know, you've been promoting those so much, they may be out. Or they may be out of those I don't know, houses. but you, you'll have to go and find out. So if those of you who didn't get Purple Martins and you got Martin houses, Vacant uh, eleven months out of the year, and Mil Milton mentioned the hummingbirds. They got everything you need. Yeah, for the hummingbirds. oh yeah, and the hummingbirds are really active right now. They're, yeah, I've been seeing some the young. Oh, the, that's uh, great. I guess the first uh, wave of young must be <laughs> must have been uh, hatched and all because they're a lot of numbers and they seem to be a little less aggressive towards each other. So it's yeah. it's great. Well, here in San Antonio, there's always <clears throat> it's not birds, hummingbirds, but butterflies. There's always something here to uh, to observe and to enjoy and to support. The monarch butterflies are a, a great cause. All right, and wild birds uh, and milberbers are uh, yeah are primary. Well, backers of both of those efforts. Yeah, and the cool thing is with both of those places, and this is this is really true. Like, um, is that you really can? I, I I talk about it, but honestly, uh, go there and visit with them, and, and just strike up a, a conversation with someone. Tell them what you want to do, and they'll they'll invest in you. Same with Millburgers too. We have uh, Mary uh, here, or uh, some of the other employees. Where I've I, but I've I've mainly heard people talk about they'll bring a plant in. And Mary will devote a lot of time to helping them to, to figure out. Like, uh, we had a client of the of the um, the uh, the station, and he had a plant that he had gotten at his mother's funeral, so it meant a lot. And he, <laughs> and he, and he, he was trying to keep it, and so he, um, 
I suggested he come by. He had heard the show, and, and Mary sat down with him and gave him advice and a whole detailed thing of how to take care of it. And, you know, and he, kept, he keeps coming back, and they talk about it. So it's like, you know, she's a got a sense plant? of – Yeah, it yeah, it was a house plant. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so they, she's invested in that. And that's, you know, Millburgers does that with whoever you meet. They're going to invest in your situation. And we've got a certified butterfly garden. Yeah, that's true, too. And a tree you can hug if you're feeling low that'll that'll mm-hmm. make you feel better. Well, you can hug it if you're tall, too, because it's a big tree. It is a big yeah. tree, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to watch the little <laughs> the kids, kids come in and hug. Well, the problem is they're not getting satisfaction because of I didn't realize that because it looked to me like every kid that hugged a thing was was getting some response. I like the way they look up the yeah. tree <laughs> when they hug it. But anyway, so uh, uh, that's the nice thing about dealing with places like that, where you know they're they're locally owned, they're locally operated. They they you know Millburgers has an obligation to find you things that are going to work. Uh, because they're right here, and they've been here now for 40-something years, and they want to stay here. And so they want to make sure that you're happy uh, with the service and the plans that you get. So, yeah. Yep, so they work hard on that. Anyway, the uh, we got a few more minutes before we have to take a break. Our number, 210-308-8867. We have not gotten a single call from Johnson City. <laughs> so Al is back at the station working on that uh, that fix, if we can find it. <laughs> uh, I uh I was very disturbed when I finished reading my newsletter. Oh, no. Because it seemed that Calvin wrote every article in there. Goodness. Wow, Calvin, you're busy. <laughs> well, it's no wonder that he and just stuck right to it until he read everything, huh? <laughs> they even they even gave, gave him credit for writing everything. Uh <laughs> One of the questions... Uh, I, I, it, I guess I better get it in addition to that. Huh? <laughs> Is it too late to put tomato transplants into our new vegetable garden? And uh, Calvin writes, uh, uh, you want to get the tomatoes planted as soon as possible. The bad news is uh, it's hard to find tomatoes yeah. at this time of the year. And if when, if when that article was written, I'm sure I said... Uh, if they've got you gave one, the, one gallon yeah. you full g- size there, you were not losing anything. We're not, now we're, now there's not, you can't can't really find many yeah. tomatoes. Peppers, and, lots of good peppers. Yeah. I see some Parsons Potent Chili Penguins left out there. Not many. Oh, good. But there are some left. And, and you know uh, they're in Alabama now, right? <laughs> they've been planted. Uh, well, I, all I, right. I, Had they been planted? Yeah. I'll show you how desperate I was for something to write about, Milton. Oh, no. I wrote about uh, the vegetable garden. Okay. I think the next weekend I talked about some of the peppers, and I talked about the burpless. Uh, oh, the real grande go? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. How, what, what sort of, can you I, I was hoping back then there were still some left. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, I don't see any. I see the chili potatoes. But I, ta- I did talk about I waited the hot, too long. The hot uh, chili pa- Parsons chili potatoes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'll have uh, to look when the show's over to see because I didn't get. Oh, any. did you see your uh, uh, okra? And one week the stuff has grown. Oh yes, yeah, oh. eight to eight to ten inches. Oh, these are the transplants. The Oscar. Yeah, the, the transplants are gone. Aren't no, they? they're not. They're still. A few. 
See, see under there? I, I oh. oh, yeah. Two uh -huh. flats and there's two flats. They just look different. <laughs> you know, they got big leaves. Yeah, they've grown large. That's, that's why. I heard that. The that's, that's kind of a iffy plant for a transplant because they grow so fast the nurseries can't oh. sell them fast enough before they outgrow the You know, I, re I, re I was reading, uh, uh, oh, gosh, our former director of uh, horticulture, yes. Sam Cotner, oh, yeah. his book. I was read reading a little bit about okra, and he he talked mo uh, more about uh, fertilization than I ever thought, because I heard, I just don't think of fertilization with okra. No. But he he mentions uh, you know several times it would that they were they benefit by uh, huh. fertilization. Well, they might, but uh, uh, I guess if you're if, if you're you got, growing them in sand or something, <laughs> I don't know. If you got a uh, Bex big, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that grows fourteen to fifteen feet tall, and you, you're saying uh, that you that's see, tall enough. You don't need it. Yeah, you want to see how low, how tall they will get. Uh, but uh, yeah, for, yeah, they should be lightly fertilized. But if you're uh, if you haven't seeded your okra yet, <coughs> uh, well, of course, Milbergers has the seed here. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and there also there's transplants, and the transplants still look great. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, you could you could try, you could try some transplants and try some seed too if you wanted. Yeah, when I used to uh, take plants up to the hill country when I was giving talks up there, uh, I always had trouble getting transplant to go to the hill country because they they can plant later, like May, and uh, especially if they use. Uh, Calvin recommended Tycoon, HM8849, Valley Cat Celebrity, and HM1823. Uh, that, uh, I think I told you all last, last weekend that uh, the, the farmers that I work with to grow the blue bonnet, uh, Belgian farmers, uh, they said 8849 is the best tomato they've ever huh. seen. Yeah, and they grow all the rodeo tomatoes. Uh -huh. And well, and we had good, pretty good luck with. Oh it yeah, yeah. We uh, we like red snapper, but we it was kind of a a, a bit of erratic. Mm -hmm. One year it was a little slow, and uh, yeah. once it starts putting fruit on, though, it really got, <laughs> does a good job. And he recommended Calvin recommended those because they are recommended because they set and mature fruit before the hot weather shuts tomatoes down. And uh, our cherry tomatoes are heat setters, both of those. Ah, yeah, they're, they're heat setters. They're they're hard to beat those two. Things. We used to think all cherry tomatoes were heat setters, but that that's not the truth. And we used to all, <clears throat> I used to think they all taste the same, uh, or they weren't cons didn't have consistent taste. But yeah, the, the BHN nine sixty eight and the Ruby Crush seem consistent to me and. Uh, the taste is just right. excellent yeah. every time. They're good. <laughs> and then, Calvin, yeah. uh, somebody wrote in and said, what, what do you recommend for adding color to shady areas? And uh, my top choice is probably simple, simple florin begonia. Uh, that's, that's probably mine, too. Yeah. It has several leaf colors and flower colors to select from. In other words, you can get a pink with the red foliage, 
or burgundy foliage. And uh, you can also get a pink with green foliage. And I, I think I like them better with green foliage because uh, <laughs> when we were doing, when they were doing research, because people actually thought that the ones with red foliage were more heat tolerant. And that's not, that's not true at all. The green is just as t heat tolerant as the red is if they're planted early. If they're planted early and you get acclimated before the extremely hot comes. Now, if we're, we're talking about the uh, uh, regular size begonias right now, and uh, Milberger's has a good selection. Oh, yeah, every color and yeah. leaf color and everything else. But uh, that neat thing about that thing, it can grow in the sun or the shade. And most people don't have a, a bed that is completely shady or completely sunny. This, so that's, that's the one that will do well. Well, and then the, the, the extension of that is are those whoppers. Yeah. Oh, but my whoppers this year, is that I, <laughs> I, I thought they could never grow better than they did in past years, but they, this is unbelievable. They like this weather. Yeah, they do. And, and they're uniform. I guess part of it is that if you, uh, I went through in all my containers and uh, changed the soil and uh, re-fertilized and everything, okay. so they're all, they all are, the growth rate is uniform, too. It looks, it looks really uh, impressive. We were talking about the semper, uh, the begonias. Begonias, you got a lot of them. Lots of color choices. Have we got whoppers still? We do, don't we? We do. Yeah. Uh, four, four and a half inch pots. Yeah. Gosh, they're not, they're not, they're a wonderful plant. Are those caladiums? Yes, were they those? are. Yeah, those are neat. Those are pretty too. What size are they? Uh, there's quartz and there's six inch pots. Okay. All right. The red ones are really. Uh, kind of, as I said, that's my big word for the day. They're snapping. They're just snapping, the color. Um, oh, uh, we were trying to find out, do you remember off the top of your head if we have the uh, Rio Grande Gold Pepper still, or did I wait too long? I don't have that answer. I'll look and see. Okay. I think you waited too uh, long. If you'd asked me that tomorrow, I'd have the answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if they're gone, they're gone, Milton. I know. I just waited. I said, okay, I'll be, yeah. There was a good number of them. I wonder if Marty came by and got his. Procrastination is I know. never a good thing. <laughs> nope. I'm going to stop tomorrow. Tomorrow <laughs> is less procrastination I'm going to do. Sure. Hey, I got, a, I got a quote in here. All right. Calvin <laughs> gave you a quote? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Uh, is there an error? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, by Dr. Will William C. Welch. I think he's getting ready. You know how old he is. Okay, you got you got like forty seconds. Oh, okay. It said gladiolas in your garden, and I said gladiolas are especially impressive combined with summer annuals and perennials in the garden. Or when cut, they make superb arrangements of flowers for the home. That's by me. All right, all right. We got to take a quick break. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. 210-308-8867. More of Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up on the answer. We're back with Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The answer. 
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867. 72 degrees here at Millburgers. And uh, I think the rain is kind of letting up. It always amazes me in all these years. People don't care. They're, they are. They a are true out. gardener would be here. Yep, they got the umbrellas. They're walking the the benches and uh, looking at stuff. They <laughs> so just if you're don't... sitting at home and you're looking yeah. out the window and it's raining, you really yeah. need, to, need to be here. He's called you. Be safe. He's garden shamed Drive. you. You need to get over here and prove your real gardenership. Your real gardener. I, I, I'll take. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah, we got the uh, the begonias we mentioned earlier, and they really are pretty. All the different colors, and we got the whoppers, right or no? We do have whoppers. Good. Okay. I probably shouldn't wait to get them. I should probably get them. You probably should. Okay. Well, as soon as we get through, I'm going to check for the my Rio Grande Gold. And, and still have quite a few of the uh, petite knockouts. Yeah. And they're still blooming their little heads off. <laughs> and then uh, this will be fun too. If maybe if things uh, with the, the CDC thing on Wednesday, maybe things will allow us to begin to have the seminars again. That'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, be. something we got in this week. What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? Night blooming jasmine. Oh, oh. Yeah, so we after that. We had I, as soon as I saw it, I told one of the girls to go uh, make some phone calls for the wish list. Oh, good. And then she came back twenty minutes later and said somebody already called them all. That made me happy. Yeah, I bet. Huh? Well, tell them, tell people because occasionally we've had that again. So that that should give people hope. What is the wish list? Uh, the wish list is a, a list of things that we either don't have or don't normally carry, and we try to get them for people right now this year getting anything odd is like pulling teeth but uh we still make the effort oh yeah and 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 oftentimes some people want things that don't normally come in now but they want them now right so with the wish list they can they can kind of sit back true, relax true, but we, we concentrate more on the last two to three months oh okay yeah. um we, we figure if they're six months out we probably uh oh probably just, just wait we still call them but we pay much more attention to the two two to three months that are in front of us. Like the, uh, let's see, how are we doing on Point Sienna? Uh, no. No, okay. So if you <laughs> want to one, do the wish list. Yes. And when they do come in, and I'll probably bring them in when I can find them, even if they're only six inches tall, I'll bring them in. Okay, good. And uh, it's actually one of the better times to get it. A better chance to acclimate to your situation before it gets big. Okay. So the wish list number is... Uh, 210-497-3760-210-497. Did I do it right? I'm going to put my glasses. Yeah, 3760. Now, now, the only odd thing is they can answer the phone just about anywhere, but there's only like five phones that could actually access the wish list. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they'll, uh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get yeah. it done. Uh, I want to thank you. I don't think I have oh. for putting uh, my lunch up here uh, right by the... No, no. By the deal. Oh, that's right. That's right over there, Jer. Uh, All right. So the for, milkweed. For every bloom he eats, <laughs> yeah. it's seven ninety nine because I won't sell that plant for another week. Well, oh, oh yeah. But if he eats he, milkweed, he won't eat very many. Look, look how sad he looks. Well, it depends on the buds, on that. So should I bring oleander over here? What's that? Should I bring some oleander? Oh, or no, 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 no. That's bad. Okay. Hey, let's help Kathleen at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing fine. Is, is Dr. Dar- uh, Parsons doing a rain dance? Yeah. Yep. He's been- well, 
we got the blue bonnets picked up yesterday, so we're in. Put some of them had sprouted. We'd put them in shade cloth, but uh, some of them had sprouted. But uh, that's better than nothing. Doctor Larry Stein and his and David Rodriguez and his crew uh, got them all. I sure was relieved. Oh, good. My question is: a cucumber is blooming, and a watermelon is blooming. When do I expect to? Any fruit from them? Well, do you have uh, blooms with little fruit attached? No. Okay, then you don't have any female blooms, which means oh. uh, there, there won't be cucumbers until you see that those blooms come. So there's boy blooms and girl blooms. The girl, <laughs> the girl blooms have little swollen fruit on the butt, and the boys don't. You oh, always had to bring sex into it, don't you, Trey? I, I could have said A and B, but most people wouldn't understand what I was talking about. Yeah, but don't get too panicky because yeah, they'll, they'll later. start suddenly and then they grow, they grow fast. But there are recipes for some of those kinds of blooms. Yeah, people like eat squash, those blooms. for example, uh, Jerry, you fry it. Just, dry, just bring them by Jerry. And, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> he, eats bloom. he eats blooms. But uh, anyway, the... Uh, just keep the, where did you get the uh, plants or what varieties did you use? Oh, I don't recall, Dr. Parsons. Did you I, get a seed or transplant? Oh, I got a, a plant. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. From here? From Ember? No, no, my cousin brought it from Waco. Oh, goodness. I don't I, know if Waco squash will do well down here. Is it squash or cucumbers? Cucumbers, cucumbers. yeah. Because I got my cucumbers from here, and they're they got a lot of food on them. They, yeah, oh, it depends on, on. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the variety, really, how early they start setting the fruit, but they will eventually set fruit. Did uh, of course they have to have bees. Well, that's uh, my next question. I don't have any bees. Hmm. You mean, uh, well, of course, during the rainy, cloudy weather, they're they're are less active than they are sunny days. But we had, yeah, we've had some good sunny days. Yeah, but uh, you uh, don't see any bees on any blooms around your garden. No. Hmm. Well. <laughs> what about the watermelon? The what? The watermelon. The, does the watermelon have male and female blooms, or? Yeah. Oh, it does. All vine crops do. Oh. And, so. and they're dependent on bees for pollinate or some pollinating insects. Yeah. Uh, that's why you don't want to keep them covered with that cloth uh, that makes after sense. they start blooming, especially with the female bloom. So uh, I don't know what to tell you about cucumbers. Now, with squash, that bloom is so big, you can hand, no, you can't hand pollinate. Do it in the morning, uh, four, uh, eight to ten o'clock in the morning, or before, and uh, take a recently opened squash bloom that's male, without the little squash attack, and just rub the pollen uh, into the uh, male, uh, the female bloom, and uh, that that works. I mean, it, it's it's transferring the pollen. But if you don't have bees, well, where where do you live? I live over in Hunter's Creek. 
Oh, well, there's a lot of trees around there. I'm surprised you don't have bees in those trees. Hey, bees in the trees. I like that. The birds (laughs) and the bees in the trees, the cigarette trees. Okay, well, I hope it hope it works out for you. But just uh, be patient. You. Thanks, Kathleen. All right. Did you want thank to come you. on the air? Yes, please. Okay, just but, just start talking and we'll you, get you. You don't have to. Touch You're okay. Just start yeah, talking. Talking. Okay. Yeah. Good afternoon. Uh, my question is about a Zephyrin ruin ruin uh, rose climbing rose. It has not bloomed for three years. It has not been trimmed since it was planted, and it just throws these fronds out, but no blooms. Okay, it's not in the shade, is it? No, it faces the south, gets the sun, it's been fertilized, and... Uh, That's an old-fashioned rose, isn't it? Yes, it is. So it's only supposed to bloom in the spring, right? But it hasn't bloomed. Hmm. Huh. When do you prune it? I haven't trimmed it at all. Okay. Because it, it hasn't bloomed, so it's, I didn't want to trim it. It faces the south. Yes, it you does. Say, what what what's surrounding it? Uh, there is a, another climbing rose, New Dawn, on the left, oh, but it's yeah. not that close. That sucker blooms, doesn't it? Oh yeah. New Dawn. Yeah, did that you, one does. Did you notice it has thorns? Oh yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I planted one for my mother in, uh, that in Tennessee. Is, oh really? On a fence. <laughs> And it, when it bloomed in the spring, I never got to see it bloom. But it'll people, take over a whole. It, I've got mine. Uh, yeah, the whole t- side of the yard. Yeah, and it, uh, people well, would come by, it, drive I... by in the spring to see it. It's so um, spectacular. So is it? Is the foliage huge or? It's it's normal, and the foliage looks good. It doesn't seem to be eaten by anything. It's just, um, it's my understanding from what I've read. That that particular rose doesn't bloom for three years after it's planted. Oh, I don't understand that. that. This is year number three, <laughs> and I, I'm expecting you know, it. To I, that's a, that's a shame because Jerry and I, we have this tendency to plant those roses that bloom. No, stop <laughs> picking on her. Well, like I, uh, Belinda's dream and uh, Belinda's dream is fine. I have that, but it has it it. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look good after it starts blooming. It, it kind of, it gets the thrips. The thrips are the worst thing for roses. I don't mm-hmm. care what. You can pull the Japanese beetles out, but the thrips, <laughs> they hit the magnolia, yeah. they hit the roses. But I think, my understanding, that they're only like in the spring and then they go away when it gets real hot. That's true. Okay. And I've been blasting it with the hose, and uh, I don't want to use a chemical, so I've been using a little bit of um, liquid, liquid uh, dish detergent, very mild, and sp- spray it on and then uh-huh. rinse it a little bit because I don't want it to stick on there with the sun. Yeah, spinosad. Uh, spinosad? Oh, you know, I never can find that. I think well, have you don't yeah, look for the name spinosad or spinosad. Yes. Uh, you look for the ingredient because it's an ingredient, but not actually the name of the product. Oh, okay. So then it could be in other things, too. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I will take a look. Now, yeah, just ask got, for well, something. I know we've spinosad. got it in here. Now, this has been... As you understand, this has been a very unusual I think spring. Just, yeah, did your roses freeze back? 
Did any of those roses you uh, mentioned freeze? Yeah, they, they did, but I, I think it didn't affect them. Oh, by the way, our fig tree is just now, we have a, a brown turkey. No, it's with a C. Celeste? Yes. I, I know the name, but it's, it's okay. it goes like this. <laughs> we have a celestic tree that's about 14 years old. It was so abundant. But this year, it got hit by the freeze. And right now, the lower half of the tree is coming out with, with the leaves. Okay. But the top parts of the tree, no leaves. So I don't know if he should cut them off. Yeah, you should cut the, those dead stems off. Okay, and I think it's just going to come back, but it's going to be slow. Um, our neighbor lost a Meyer lemon that was 15 years old mm. and extremely productive. And it's, they just... Well, let's it. get back to the to the rose. I yeah. think you're going to have to, <laughs> if you're, you've shown a lot of patience with it, I think you'll just have to give it a little more time, especially yeah. now that the freeze is in it. Okay. Well, it's an old rose, and uh, I think it should be pretty tough. Is there, yeah, is there any place you can put it in the corner and throw sun where it won't take you your prime space or anything? You mean remove it and put it somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, I was just worried about it filling a key spot there without oh. any blooms on it. No, that's okay. It's at the back fence. And, okay. I mean, you can see it. But, um, right. What I wanted to say is one of the reasons I chose this climbing rose is because it doesn't have thorns. It does in a way, but they're so minimal that they're not going to hurt you. But you have to be careful with any rolls. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you ever tried Miss Dudley Cross? Well, that that's no. <laughs> I it's thornless. Yeah, I love it. Dub, Dudley. Well, how big are the flowers? I, I've seen it, but are the flowers like a, a no? Small? It's not that small. No. Yeah, uh, in fact, a lot of people you. Yeah, use it to su uh, substitute for uh, the famous rose. Uh, can't think of it. Uh, they, look, they look like a, like a floral rose until they Yeah. Up. Yeah. I mean, yes. the buds are magnificent. Yeah, they're huge. Kind of a peach color. Oh, this Dudley. is Dudley. Well, how, how big does it get? It gets it's a, six it's and a, a half feet tall. Yeah, it's a Satanian bush rose. Okay, I mean, so it's not a climber. No, it's, it's not a climber. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of that rose. Now, what about Don Juan? Um, oh, yeah, that's the best blooming red rose with climber. Okay, I think everybody have. pick up a Don, Don Juan and, and uh, put it on the other side. Yeah, that's a good one. Anything that, see, the, the, we, the back of the house faces the north, kind of northeast, but... You're going to have to get a... Don't get too far out there. No, no, no. Come this way. You're okay. We just have... Oh, I'm getting you wet. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, my gosh. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to let, let you go. Because All right. Good luck on the roses. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867. See, even in the rain, people come and, and ask their gardening questions. <laughs> Marty is on the line. Uh, with a Rio Grande Gold report. Hi, Marty. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? All right. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, man. What's going just, on? Just to let you know, I, I was able to go in and buy me three more uh, Rio Grande Gold uh, plants. Yeah. But just a bad report. 
there wasn't very many left when I bought my three. When no, did you buy on. your three? Today? About a week or so ago. Oh, no, ah! about a week or so ago. <laughs> yeah, I waited too they, long. They thinned out yeah. pretty good. I was proud of the way they sold. Oh, yeah. yeah, dear. I'll, <laughs> no. I'll I'll go look and maybe there's one that's uh, that's, that's yeah, misplaced hope, hope, or something. <laughs> Milton does this quite often, it. and then then the pressure's off of him. To, yeah, to I like my Rio Grande gold. Oh, yeah. oh man, I, I I have three other ones, so I have six now. So, Woo! And in fact, I'm I'm harvesting some seed from one of them. Good. I bet you uh, I right. bet you never burp. <laughs> no, I never burp. <laughs> never ever. Uh, <laughs> The, we guarantee they're burpless. If they, if you burp, you can bring it back. All right, I, I'm not going to bring it back though. I'm afraid. Yeah, give, give it to Milton. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it to Milton. There you go. No, I bought a, a blue pumbago. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful plant. It, uh, it it looks one way from a distance, but you see it up close. Man, it is beautiful. Yeah, Man, it that's is, pretty. It is really it's really blooming nice. And I bought me uh, uh, lantana. And my yeah. lantana's blooming real nice. And I, have I think a, they have some uh, white, don't they? they have you get a white? white? The one I, I got, I, well, I got a blue one. Okay. And my, and my blue one, man, it's, it's really going to town. Great. Uh, I have a, I have a strawberry report. I bought a, a, a strawberry report, uh, plant uh, about a few months back. It's called uh, Sweet Anne. And man, that's, yeah. a, that's a strawberry producing machine. All I right. get fresh strawberries about every couple of days and, they're really, really sweet. And my how often do the, how often do the pill bugs have a strawberry? Well, I'm right on top of them. I go there because I feed the birds every morning. So <laughs> I'm giving much of a chance. <laughs> okay, good, so, good man. Sweet. So, what was the selection's name again? Queen Anne. Sweet, Anne. sweet, sweet, sweet Anne. Sweet Anne. Sweet Anne. Yeah, I don't sweet think Anne. I've heard and of that. Yeah, and I went there and I. And I, I got it, and, and it's really producing very beautiful strawberries. Great. Huh. And, and my, my Snapdragon, uh, I, was, I thought it was a goner, but it's making a comeback. So hopefully uh, it'll produce. Uh, well, don't right. don't get your hopes up too high, you know, well. because the, uh, <laughs> the, rust, the, the rust with this heat you know, right. is going to come pretty quick. Yeah, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, be overprotective of it, so I know... It's it's under the uh, shade of a of a big elm tree, so uh, for right yeah. now it's doing good. But if the heat get, picks up, I'm gonna probably bring it in inside. Yeah, I don't want to lose it. That's for sure. But uh, thanks for taking my call, and uh, I hope. Yeah, uh, thanks for the report. Uh, good good hope, report. Uh, thanks, Milton Milton finds a a real grand gold there somewhere. No right chance. Somewhere. Yeah, it just shows you you shouldn't you shouldn't wait. Poor Calvin had the same problem with the was it Red Snapper that you Oh yeah. You gave him no. one more weekend. I'll get it <laughs> next then. There were none. All right. <laughs> Thanks Marty. Okay. okay. Thank you guys. Right. Good talking to you. Real grand okay. to gold forever. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. All, right. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 toll free. It's 866-308 8867. More in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. Me. 
Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll free, it's 866-308-8867. Got all the lines open, so you can call right now and get in with your gardening question. So, Calvin, has your delphinium started producing seed pods, or are they still blooming up a thorn? Delphiniums, larkspur. Oh, they're they're producing. They're still blooming up a storm, but they're producing a lot of seed pods too. Okay, looks like a little. You know, I'm snap beans. You know, we talk about the pressure that the ugly period puts on you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, gosh, you're it's absolutely right. Even though there's these, uh, oh, beautiful blooms out there. Right. It's still. You know, you got this ragged-looking <laughs> tall plants, short plants, brown plants, and I say I can't wait until I can just run my mower through all of them. The large spur stuff. Large spurs and blue bonnet. Yeah, and uh, all the other, <laughs> all the blue curl. Yeah. Yeah, all all of those. Uh, oh, the one the one that uh, Greg gave us the purple uh, or the. Uh, poppy? Poppies, yeah. Mm. Poppies are everywhere. Have they got seed pods on? Oh, yeah. Tons of seed, yeah. Of the purple? Of the... Uh, the, mar- the maroon, yeah. Red maroon? Yeah. Well, you need to collect those for uh, your friends, Cal. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just take the pods off when they turn brown, throw them in a paper bag. Well, you got to be careful on that paper bag because they got splits in the bottom of them. Paper bags, too. Uh, but most of the time, you can get a, get the seed out of those splits. But just let them dry somewhere. Throw them in the corner and let uh, them dry. Did you see that change in his look when he asked about, you know, my, he liked my larkspurs and all that stuff. But then the minute I talked about those uh, maroon poppies, <laughs> yeah. it was a different, yeah. The, uh, get those seeds. Yeah. There you go. And you give give all the ones that are red to Milton. I'll take any color. <laughs> that red just, is pretty. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I didn't see it because mine were maroon. Despite, <laughs> yeah. Despite what Greg said. <laughs> the uh, uh, Neil Spare wrote a little something about large fur. He, he said uh, they do best in full morning sun and a little bit of shade in the mid. We've always grown ours in full sun. I mean. You know where they come up out in full sun. Larkspur? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't think you have to worry about shade. No, they're pretty tolerant. Yeah. And he says uh, purple blue is the predominant color. Whites are common and even, and pinks even show up. Now, (laughs) if you want pinks or whites, or a mixture. They'll they'll have a bicolor one. Just when you spot those, put a put a little ribbon around them, and when they're before they bloom a lot, take off all the color, take out all the colors of your planting, except that color. Can you do that for us, Calvin? Uh, uh. I think uh, <laughs> we're we're kind of past the main. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bloom stage. Yeah, I mean, right. There's a, few, there's a few blooms around, but mostly they're seed pods. That's, that's the one I tell about 
uh, we uh, we had them growing out of a Stratton farm. The originator of the all the colors of blue bonnet in that same patch, by the way, and uh, we wanted to get a bunny bloom, one with uh, because that a little bunny head in every larkspur. So we wanted to get a bunny bloom larkspur that was had a white head for the bunny and pink paddles around it. So. Even uh, Stevie Wonder could see that it was a bunny head in there. But uh, <laughs> we were at Verstraden's, and we were pulling up my, with my volunteers, D. Emery especially. Was, uh, we were, I was pulling them up, everything that wasn't bunny bloom, and throwing them down. And I looked back on the first row that I'd done, and the volunteers were picking them up and taking them home. I said, what the hell are you doing? Said, they said, I'm going to plant these. Now, they didn't know that all the wildflower books say you can't transplant the blue bond. I mean, no. Larkspur? Larkspur. So, uh, I said, being the teacher, see, I'm supposed to educate these volunteers. Uh they end up educating me. And so I told them, I said, that's not going to work. Yeah. They're not going to live because they got a taproot. You pull them up, they got a taproot like a carrot. That's why they hang on so much. But they took them. They didn't listen to me, of course. And they took them home and planted them. And those stupid things rebloomed. Not only did they establish themselves, but they rebloomed. So uh, I guess all those wildflower books uh, never tried it. Well, I do the same thing when the larkspurs come up. I I don't I can't let them take over the whole cut flower garden. Oh yeah. But I like a, a few rows of them. So I, <laughs> so I uh, I just transplant them into a couple of eight foot rows. But this this year <laughs> they're they're everywhere. Yeah yeah. So the weather has been perfect to bring yeah. them up. And, I, yeah, we had uh, my well, my two acres with mostly nothing, no weeds growing because it's been dry and then oh, we had yeah. to freeze. <laughs> and so they really, they took advantage of that and filled every space that was available. <laughs> yeah, I told you the story where the farmer scared the hell out of them because no herbicide will control them, keep them coming up, or kill them. And uh, when you when you look up uh, delphinium or larkspur, you have on the internet you'll get a lot of hits on how to control them in pasture. And those farmers scared to death because of the, that couldn't keep them from coming up. Head and they were headed, <laughs> you know, they dropped the seed. They were headed toward their corn field. And I said, "What can we do about this?" And I said, "Well, you're going to have a pretty corn field." In the country, when they they probably bloom about the time the corn gets about uh, four to six inches tall. They didn't think that was a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've heard that before. Though. Yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong with them. I'd get, I, I I get a goat. They'd eat anything. <laughs> oh, there you go. Eat the corn though. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, if they're on their way to the cornfield, if you take oh. the goat and you stake it in a different spot every couple of hours. <laughs> They'll eat it to the ground. 
Hmm. <laughs> Do we sell goats? They'll eat everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But I have goat experience. Okay. <laughs> uh, and this guy, uh, Neil writes, uh, rather than trying to buy seeds online or from packets, I'd really suggest just asking for a start from someone down the street who already is already growing. And all you have to do is volunteer to pull up those plants after they quit blooming and go to seed. And just scatter those plants around where you want those delphiniums to be the following year. And sure enough, Larkspur, they'll come up the next year. I, I want to be careful about that because I think he said the same thing about blue bonnets. There you go. And look at what's <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these seed, the delphinium. Are we talking about delphinium or Larkspur? Because it's bouncing back and forth. Larkspur. Okay. All right. Which is a delphinium. Oh, well. Yeah. Learn something. <laughs> I'm the same with you. <laughs> hey, we have a Glenn on the line real quick. Ready? Yeah. 210-308-8867. Glenn is on the line. Hey, Glenn, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? All right. How are y'all doing? Starting to rain doing here. Doing great. Yeah, me too. Yeah, good. Just had a quick question. On uh, on my lawn, I have Bermuda grass, and amongst the Bermuda grass is... Uh, I call it bahia grass, or uh, I think that's how they say it. But it makes a the grass is all right if it wouldn't grow this foot long stem about every three days that you have to mow. <laughs> uh, so, so I was wondering uh, how uh, is there a uh, a spray that will work that won't kill the Bermuda grass, but that will kill the bahia grass? And I I used to years ago we had something. It was like a MSD or MDS or NBA. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's close. Uh, MSMA. Yeah. So MSMA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't think you can get thing, anymore. No. The closest thing you're going to get to that is the um, oh, let's see, it's Fertilome wheat. No, it's a. Uh, I'm having a problem. <laughs> we all do. Uh, Not wheat free zone. No. No. It's weed something, and then it says and crabgrass killer. Oh, okay. Um, so the only problem is, and I'm not familiar enough with the, the other grass you're talking about, if it's much wider than the Bermuda, it's going to help you. If it is narrow as the Bermuda, it won't help you. Like a zoysia. Right. So it's even safe on 50% of the zoysias. So I'm assuming, you know what they say about that word. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. That it is safe on narrow blade zoysias, but not wide blade zoysias. Right. So the, the wider the blade, the more the chemical it can take in. Just like uh, Floratam in Florida that they always talked about for other herbicides. So, you know, the wider the blade, the more it can take in. The more it can take in, the more likely it's going to kill it. Okay. So if it's – and this this is that – we call it the – it's that, it's that grass that grows – the root grows kind of right on just below the surface and runs like a rope under the surface. You can't, you can't pull it up. You pull it and it breaks off every inch, and then there's – little roots that grow out from the main root i mean it's it's a good grass if you just want to cover the top of the ground or whatever but uh it doesn't look good in the in the bermuda weed out with crabgrass killer is what it's called look at you i knew i'd come up with it that that young mind comes through every senior moments are uh, getting longer (laughs) yes we do you have it that would be that would be the key if it's much wider it probably is going to work if it's 
narrow like the Bermuda, it's probably not going to help you. Yeah, get, oh, get you. some experiment with it a little bit. So I will. My, my, long, right. my long-term answer is mow it every three days. Yeah, if you do yeah, that, exactly. the, the Bermuda is going to respond and become thicker, and not. Uh, and the other pro, the other one is not going to grow as well because it won't want its head cut off over and over again. And then that in itself might take it out. Have you yeah. got enough annual leave at your job to do that mowing constantly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Calvin is and for I, hire. I heard. Yeah, yeah I've heard yeah. that too. And uh, there's nothing nothing tougher than that behia grass. I tell you, it it, it grows the most. I don't. I don't find a retired person <laughs> and tell them to cut your grass every other day. Yeah, I don't think I'm, that. I'm uh, I don't think it's bahia grass though. I, I that's either. a that's kind of a eastern grass. So I'm, no, I'm, it, I'm thinking it is. It's, it it, I it is. I, yeah, no, I had the Texas A and M guy identify it. Oh, okay. Should have sent it to UT. You might have got a good mm-hmm. yeah. answer. Over in East Texas. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does it. well in East Texas. Yeah. Yeah, well, it does It does well in uh, out by Stockdale. <laughs> it's everywhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well if, you t- if you decide you. to do that, keep us informed, will you? I'll put, money on it there's, I'll put money on it. There's a feed store near you that's going to give you a, a great answer. Before getting okay. it out of the Bermuda, because the Bermuda is going to be what they're making hay out of, so they've got to have something that's going to control yeah. it. So you know, the good, better. good point. I'll call Prusky's. They they spray a bunch, so they'll they'll know one way or the other. There you go. At, Sounds good. Right. At Kachusko, there they'll know. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take Thank care. Thank you. Take care. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Let's take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call. Two one zero. 308-8867. More coming up at 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Mama just mad about Saffron. She's just mad about me. They call me mellow yellow. Quite rightly. They call me mellow yellow. Welcome back to Millburgers. Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch. Trace is up on the porch with us. Is this good rain going to shut the grass shipments down? Um, it depends on where it rains. Yeah. Because it could be pouring down here and sometimes I'll still get grass. That's right. And vice versa, sun could be out. <laughs> rain at the farm, and people just don't understand that yeah. it's not raining here. Why can't you get it? <laughs> but you have got some grass, right? I've been getting grass. Okay, yeah, I good. Got... I mean, today you have grass. I got I got grass last night. So yeah. okay, good. I, I coming over here, I saw several trucks hauling hauling pallets. It was grass. too it was too wet for my cut for Friday. Okay, so that was a mess in itself so uh, <laughs> so the one truck that the st augustine that was supposed to be here yesterday got here today didn't last very long <laughs> uh this uh I, I was looking at Neil Perry's newsletter and it goes back to what we were just talking about yeah he says uh he happened a customer happened a listener with uh no figuring out the right grass to plant. He says Bermuda is a good is good for high traffic areas, also for drought tolerance. 
and then I underline and emphasize this, is that St. Augustine handles shade better than other grass, although it grows best in full sun. It is the most dominant grass, so know that it will crowd into other grasses when planted nearby. If there, watered. Yeah. <laughs> there are some great zoysias now, but they're slow to cover and expensive to plant as solid sod. Buffalo grass can't hold its own. Now, he shouldn't have put that in there. Because I concur. You, you always want to plant buffalo grass everybody, next to every, where Bermuda was. Every, everybody who plants buffalo ends up with a Bermuda lawn. There some, you go. And point. it looks a lot, hell of a lot better. And you know they still call it buffalo after <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bermuda invades it, the buffalo grass. And we'll crowd it out with this in a couple of years. I well, think. that's not the case. You, you'll, you'll end up with, sometimes in my neighborhood, there's little corners and remnants of buffalo grass. Oh, there are. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> you know, like in my boulevard, there's a little, and then three houses down. And <laughs> Well, I guess it's a native, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess mean, it is. We're right wild. close. Yeah, we're right close to the, the edge of where it is uh, native. But it's uh, it's on it's mo- mo- I guess it's mostly on where the, the boulevard touches the road. Yeah. And the road is high, and the boulevard going right on that edge. Where it's dry. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you know, Calvin was the one that introduced buffalo grass to South San Antonio. And I I was the one that saved Jerry. <laughs> So, uh, the only way I can answer that, there's a new Bermuda out called Tiff Tough. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, we started carrying it last year, and it is, uh, you know, everybody talks about Tiff 419. That's what the builders put in all the new homes. Right. And that's a putting green grass. So, Tiff Tough is a sports field grass. All right. Ooh. So, theoretically, more foot traffic yeah. is okay. And what I've noticed about it, uh, under the two winters that we've actually had a sample out here, this year it browned out, but last year it stayed green almost all winter, whereas huh. normal Bermuda, uh, obviously, it goes to yeah, sleep. Yeah, they shut down. So regular TIF is no longer a... And there's not a whole lot of difference in the price, but uh, TIF Tough is the new Bermuda that everybody ought to be going with. Okay. Okay. That's good. So it still doesn't take shade, but... Uh, is it wide-bladed or? No, it looks just like the other, but uh, okay. tends to, the biggest selling point is it tends to stay green. You know, everybody always likes to overseed with rye yeah. because the Bermuda looks sad during the winter. Um, this one seems to hold this color much better. And is, is, is your sample plot coming back or or you need uh, to repot plant it? Pretty sure it's, uh, pretty sure it's green. Oh, but good. What are they mowing at? Is it like an they, inch? Or? They mow them all the same height, even though... A, I mean, I can't get them to change the mowing heights. And unfortunately, this is Millburgers we're talking about. So, you know, they, their mowers are set. They've got those big mowers, so they couldn't even get as low as they need to get. Oh. So it would even look prettier if it was kept shorter. Laura is on the line at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Laura, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. Well, I have a dwarf pomegranate tree, and after the freeze, I can't find any growth on it, but I'm getting sprouts um, at the base of it. 
So I don't know what to do. Should I cut those cut, back? Cut off, cut off the dead and wait for those sprouts to come out. That's what most of the pomegranates around town are doing is uh, sprouting back out from the ground. Are they okay. on a rootstock? I take it you don't think they are, Trace. Most of the time, not. Most of the time, they're on their uh, own roots. Yeah, that's uh, it. Rooted cutting. It's re- it's really strange because the, the the ornamental are booming in our in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and right. the wonder the uh, wonderful and the pink satin and those are in that same state that that but, she's talking. But she's about. described well. But she's describing an ornamental one. Yeah. She's said dwarf, so uh, that's, her, hers that's, just got hit more than. That's what I mean. It's a little different kind of pattern than we were used mm-hmm. to in other places. Right. So do so I keep no... the sprout? Do I keep the growth at the bottom? Just just leave that alone. That's, yeah, that's yeah, your future plant. Yeah, don't mess with it any. Oh. Growth. And just cut okay. cut all the dead back to that new growth. Okay. Okay. To the ground. Yeah, it's a dwarf pond. Okay. To the ground. Yeah. Get all the dead stuff to the ground, and those sprouts are your future plant. Okay, yeah, but they're great. they're talking about that dead wood, not not the live. Right, wood. right, right. Okay, all right. It's a dwarf pomegranate, but it's interesting because it's probably six foot. <laughs> but it, I guess it's still considered dwarf. Oh, I don't for, know. For, well, mo- yeah, the, yeah, night, the nicest cherries. ones I've seen are actually uh, hedge where they do it like boxwoods, and I, I, they hedge them off at four foot. So I imagine six foot's not that uncommon. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Laura. You take care. That'll free up a line. There's okay. still plenty of time to call. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Yes, sir. Did you have? No. No. Um, <laughs> okay. It is now the time. I think I'm seeing a lot of write-ups uh, about uh, treating trade myrtles now. For their scale and uh, aphids, uh, off before that mold, that black mold get, gets on them. City mold. Yeah, and uh, they they recommend the product in 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 the chlorophyll. And uh, Trey says we got it for sale as Fertilome Systemic Insecticide Drench. And I guess the the uh, application information is is on there, and so you could put that down now and let it be getting into the root system. Yep, takes a takes a good three or four weeks to get all the way into the system yeah. of the plant. So, yeah. great preventative, horrible curative. So, yeah, uh, yeah, putting it on crepe myrtles, for example, right now uh to protect against aphids for future is a great idea yeah and the, the one i always use it for is that silly lace bug that <laughs> attacks, attacks my lantanas during the summer and makes me yeah. have to cut them back and start them over again yeah the interesting thing about that is uh neil says that uh, they've done tests on these and the spray insecticides do not work as well as the systemic I think that's the first plant I've ever heard that happen on. Well, I, I always recommend both, actually, on, on a lot of specific problems. Like we had a lady with leaf hoppers in earlier today. Hmm. So I suggested spraying every 7 to 10 days uh, and yeah. then doing the drench as well. Yeah. You, you do but, that. You spray for three weeks, and then the drench kicks in <laughs> and takes care of the rest of the problem. Yeah. Sylvia is on the line at 210-308-8867. Going to give us a report on our orchid trees versus the freeze. 
Hi, Silky. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss it goodbye. Okay. Yeah, you, I know. You, you told me that, Jerry. I thought maybe he'll come back by now, but you said Mother's Day, and of course, Mother's Day already passed. So you, you really. I, I did what you said. I put fertilizer. I see, I got it at Chase of Green. They may put that uh, Garrett juice. I did that. I put fertilizer. I cut it halfway because, of course, it'll come from the bottom. But there's they're still not no not not anything coming, you know, up from the, the bottom. I don't think that was Jerry's recommendation. It'll, yeah. it'll probably come from the bottom. Yeah, uh, probably. So from, you, yeah, you, I, how how big was it? How tall was it? Um, about four about four feet, and it had a lot of flowers. See, I got it shades of green, you know. And I call, I talked to you all. And then, of course, I talked to them since I bought it over there, and that's what they told me to do, put the carrot juice and put fertilizer and water it up, like, every two or three days. But um, it's still... Well, um, that, that didn't hurt anything, but... Uh, it, it seemed like it's not going to come back. I, I don't yeah. even know what we're talking about. I came in late. Orchid tree, I oh. think. You know, I Orchid had some tree. here that didn't even get covered that, that only lost about the top foot. Yeah, oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, but... I was <laughs> I was just gonna leave it in there a little longer. I hate to. I mean, because it had pretty flowers until, of course, that snow that we had. You know, yeah. Well, a, you know. a lot of stuff sprouting back out that we figured wouldn't sprout back out. Yeah. So maybe. So, and we haven't had any consistent warmth as we were talking about earlier to yeah. to force out okay, some of this stuff. Okay, I'll just stuff, leave so. it there. Oh, the, the, I think the be, be patient for another two or four weeks and yeah. see what happens because yeah, eventually got to turn the stuff to fertilize with carrot juice anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I don't. I don't. Right, I don't. And don't I listen to Milton when he said kiss it goodbye. I yeah. did not say that. Uh, Sylvia knows that. She's the one that said it. She called in and you they, said kiss it goodbye. You said it. Of course, Sylvia was, was worried about it and you just said kiss it goodbye. Uh, well, you got pictures of it. Yeah, wasn't that right, Sylvia? Uh, I, think we, I think we lost Sylvia. Okay. But if you've had crepe myrtles in the past. And most everybody does. And you see that black sooty mold on there, uh, the black thing. That's not an insect. That's a, something growing on the insect poop. It's a little early for the so sooty it, mold. Well, yeah, that's why you got to put yeah, out. But this. If, you, if you do the drench now, he's trying to be proactive. So yeah. you, do, huh. you do the drench now, you don't get the aphids, you don't get the sooty mold. And you probably, if you had them last year, you're probably going to have it this yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. And scale. Uh, that's that's those things that get on the limbs and weaken the tree. One, one of the best things to do on hollies, yeah, that are prone to scale, or euonymus that's prone to scale. But that, that's the first time I've ever seen that statement. Spray insecticide do not work as well as this can. Does uh, what color is uh, our crepe myrtle, the big one? I think it's pink. Is it pink? Yeah, is it blooming? it's pink. It's oh, pink. no chance. Oh, okay. Because the other one, the other, got leaves. the other pink one around town, pink ones are blooming. And I now see white ones blooming. <laughs> uh, it just amazes me because they don't all bloom at one time, different colors. So the red ones will bloom later. It just surprises me. I don't know why. Because they're all crepe myrtles. Yeah. Got about two minutes. Aphids suck sap from the plant, then secrete sticky honeydew in which the sooty mole fungus can grow. So that's it's a little aphid's fault. Hmm. So if you can kind of control those aphid poop, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, we haven't gotten those calls where people will say, I'm standing in my crepe myrtle, and it feels like it's raining on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's especially <laughs> disaster when it gets on your car or the yeah. or even the driveway or sidewalk. <laughs> like the lady I was messing with down at the uh, downtown one time, and she and her young child were standing on the crepe myrtle, and it was, it was secretions coming down. Yeah. And she said, this is lovely. She said, this is so cool. I said, yeah, that's a, that's a uh, rain tree, a, uh, uh. a rain tree. And, and she said, are you kidding me? I said, no. It's got blooms on it, too. Great, Martin. And she stepped out from under it. And sure enough, no rain. Came back under it. It was raining again. Mm-hmm. You're and, a mean, uh, mean man. <laughs> and she said, can I get by one of these? I said, yeah, just ask for a, a Texas rain tree. On that uh, note, we're going to say goodbye for today. <laughs> Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Al for doing a great job. See you tomorrow. Back here.